630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Early in the second period, Canadians lead the Maple Leafs 2-0. Tatar and Suzuki are your goal scorers. Montreal out shooting Toronto 14-4. After the first, Detroit and Carolina scoreless. Early second period, 2-2 Jets and Senators. Chicago and Columbus tied 1-1. Coming up later, Coyotes and Avalanche, Golden Knights and Kings, and Ducks and Sharks. The NHL trade deadline passed at 1 o'clock Mountain this afternoon. The Edmonton Oilers made one deal. They acquire Dmitry Kulikov from the New Jersey Devils. He's a defenseman. He's 30 years old. He's 6'1", about 205 pounds. He is not an offensive force. He has two assists in 30 games this season. Salary cap hit of $1.15 million. The Oilers give up a fourth-round pick in 2022. If the Oilers win a playoff round this spring, it'll become a third-round pick. General Manager Ken Holland on Kulikov's game. Obviously a left-shot defenseman that's played uh, over 700 NHL games. You know he's 30 years old, so he's uh, you know he's, he's an experienced guy. I think he's played you know a little over 20 playoff games. You know he's he can skate. He's uh, can make a good first pass, and he's I think you know defensive minded. He's got some uh, some edge to his game, and uh, he can kill penalties. So you know you you think about the um, or I think about the playoffs. The, you know you got to be able to defend. You got to be good on special teams. Um, you got to find ways to win games, you know, 2-1, you know, 3-2. And um, we think he's going to make us, um, you know, better defensively, give us more depth and, um, you know, g- g- provide an edge and, 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 and get the puck moving, get the puck moving forward. You know, I don't think he's an offensive-minded defenseman, um, but certainly um, I think he can get the puck moved up to our forwards and, and uh, defense first. Kulikov drafted 14th overall in 2009 by the Panthers, spent several seasons with Florida, one year with Buffalo, three years with the Jets before joining the Devils for this year. Ken Danico, Edmontonian, former Devils defenseman himself, now a Devils broadcaster, tells you what he sees in Kulikov. Well, first off, Bob, I mean, obviously you guys saw him somewhat with Winnipeg, but he stayed healthy, and and I will say he was a lot better than I anticipated uh, when the Devils did sign him. I know uh, a young team that's been through some struggles up and downs, but he was a real steady influence back there and and very strong on the boards. Uh, We know come playoff time, you got to win puck battles. You have to have a strong stick. And it's funny you mentioned Larson. I didn't know how your D lined up, but I said could be a pretty nice shot pair with Adam Larson, two guys that are big, strong, can kill penalties, and he skates well enough to to play against top players. So I think I think it's a real good acquisition for the Oilers uh, where they are. And again, I, I preface we come playoff time, as you know, Bob, the ice shrinks a little bit, the game gets a little more physical as far as battles and guys pay the price a little more and guys hit a little more that maybe didn't in the past and Kulikov's that type of player not flashy steady but he skates pretty well for a big man uh, also so I, I, I like the trade for Edmonton from that standpoint and again he did a really nice job here in New Jersey much better than I even anticipated Ken Danico talking to Bob Stoffer earlier today on our special trade deadline coverage on 630 Ched. Dmitry Kulikov also called in to Bob 
So earlier in his career, he had a couple of decent offensive seasons, uh, 26 points one year, 28 points in 11-12. I mentioned just the two points this year. He had 10 points in 51 games for the Jets last year. And Bob asked him, have you changed into more of a shutdown D-man? The last three years in Winnipeg, I haven't played power play, but I wouldn't say that you know I've evolved into a shutdown defenseman. I'm still, I'm still the same player as I was uh, when I broke into the league. Yes, the roles have changed, uh, but I haven't changed my game. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to get points from the blue line um, if you're not on the power play. Uh, so maybe there the point production kind of went down since the, since then. Um, but I, I would say that I'm still all those things that I was when I broke into the league. You know, I'm, I'm fast. I can, I can move the puck. I'm playing physical. That's it. That is Dimitri Kulikov. And, of course, you can get more on him on 630 chedcom or globalnews.ca. GM Ken Holland asked about adding a veteran defenseman for the playoffs. You know, when you look at the teams in this division that uh, are going to be in the playoffs, I mean, they're, they're all good teams. They're going to be, um, um, you know, anticipate uh, two great series in the North. And, uh, you know, obviously you talked about, you know, Jones and Lagos, and they've played really good for us. They have they don't have a, a, a lot of NHL experience. They're just sort of learning the National Hockey League. They're doing a good job at it. Um, Slater Kukuk... You know, we think he's going to be back sometime in early May, but, um, you know, when you've been out for almost three months or, you know, two two to three months, you know, it's, and you're trying to catch up here as you're heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, not really sure where his game is going to be at until he pl- played. So I felt, we felt, I felt that, uh, you know, we wanted to get uh, somebody on the left side that uh, could make us a little bit deeper. Um, he's got good size to him. And, uh, you know, Chris Russell played very, very well. And I think as, as far as who's playing with who, Jim, you know, I leave that up to uh, the coaching staff. And they'll sort out the, 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 the pairs. Well, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kulikov play with Adam Larson, maybe a couple of guys who can play a bit physical, be hopefully a shutdown pairing for the Oilers and stop those other good teams in the division from cycling the Oilers to death that they've been able to do at times throughout the season. Of significance, of course, late last night would have been around, oh, I don't know, 10 after 10, quarter after 10 mountain time. Taylor Hall, along with Curtis Lazar, traded to the Boston Bruins for a second-round pick and Anders Bjork. Not a lot going back to the Buffalo Sabres. I asked Ken Holland today, were you in on Taylor Hall and why or why not? Not, not really. I'm not going to really get into it. I'm not even sure if I can talk about other teams' players, but uh, there was n- no, the answer is no. Okay, so basically he says the answer is no. So, look, what do the Oilers need? Well, they need a scoring winger. They did not get that today. They needed something on defense. Kulikov, I think, will help. This pushes Chris Russell down to the third pair in my mind, and it will be two weeks until we see Dmitry Kulikov in the lineup. The Oilers have four games and six games, uh, four days and six games coming up, but not starting until Friday, then a little bit of a gap, and then they play the Jets two weeks from tonight. Ken Holland said that is likely to be Kulikov's Edmonton Oilers debut. So I would think it's going to be Nurse Barry. They've been very good all season long, producing a ton of points, and I would think Kulikov goes with Larson. And then I would think it's uh, it's Russell and Bear, and this pushes Lagason 
and Jones down the depth chart. That's what I would think happens and Bouchard's still hanging around and maybe have some sort of a rotation or Russell comes out every few games, but Kulikov is coming into play. Is this uh, an awesome ad? No. Does this change the complexion of the defense? No, but I think it adds experience and a little bit of element that the Oilers needs that the Oilers need. This does not elevate them in terms of their probability of uh, winning the Stanley cup. This does not make them better than the Maple Leafs who continue to make trades over the last couple of days and are clearly going all in for uh, a chance at the Stanley cup and ending the long drought for them. And really a long drought for any Canadian team once the playoffs get going. So, uh, and the Oilers need a third line center and we thought, well, maybe they wouldn't get a third line center today. Could they try to get some sort of a face off guy that didn't happen. So we're not going to see any changes up front. But, you know, if not Taylor Hall, could have you found some sort of a forward, maybe a a cheaper forward who maybe had a little bit of scoring potential or who could be an upgrade? Uh, Holland was asked how extensive that search was for a forward. I did talk to some teams about some forwards. I wouldn't wouldn't know that they were, you know, impact forwards, but uh, they were, you know, NHL forwards. But, you know, money was tight. um, Assets were tight. And... um, you know, I guess as we went through it, we felt, I felt that uh, the priority is to, uh, was to get a little bit deeper on the back end. All right. So that's what he did. We'll see about the payoff. I want to discuss a few things as we go along tonight. By the way, my name is Reed. If you're tuning in for the first time, you can get in touch on the Certainty Hotline 78. Well, actually, even if you're not tuning in for the first time, my name is still Reed. I did not change it over the weekend though I did consider a few options. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take a break here in a minute or so, and I want to dive deeper into something else about where the Oilers stand in the North Division. And I know the North Division is not going to be back next year. They'll be back in the Pacific Division. Uh, I, I, if, if you believe social media, a lot of people are unhappy with what the Oilers did today, even though we spent most of the last several weeks on this show and others like it, telling you that it was likely going to be a quiet trade deadline for the Edmonton Oilers and that Taylor Hall was very probably not going to be an Edmonton Oiler and that Taylor Hall, one of his probably top three most likely destinations was the Boston Bruins. Despite all that, I know there's still uh, some people unhappy at the perceived inactivity for the Oilers. Of course, I want to know what you think. Again, it's 780-496-0063. But I want to look at the North Division, and I want to look at the outside perception of the Oilers roster for... Anyone who believes they could have done more on the trade market, I think it's important to consider the actual value of many Oilers players. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line other teams would see them austin matthews 32nd goal of the season eight minutes left in the second period now in montreal canadians leading toronto 2-1 shots are 16-8 in favor of the halves but matthews gets toronto on the board So I don't mean to alarm you, but I've been thinking. 
And as we've gone past the trade deadline now, I, I really think that there are two camps with two options in each camp. As you sit there as an armchair GM or a sofa GM or a driver's seat GM or toilet GM, wherever you're sitting watching the show tonight, listening to the show tonight. Well, thank God you're not watching it. I'm never letting them put any sort of camera on me while I'm on air. Uh, anyway, so I, I think that really however you are as a hockey fan, you're probably generally in, in one of two camps when it comes to trading prospects and draft picks. Either you're in the camp where you say like, yeah, you know, some, a lot of picks don't turn out, like get, get somebody now or uh, trade these prospects. Now we, we, you know, let's, let's get somebody or you're not in that camp where you say, you always got to think about the future and, and you can never have enough picks and yeah, there's plenty you don't hit on, but you got to have as many in the fish tank. So when you scoop your hand in, you might pull out a nice attractive guppy or uh, so that's, that's one camp or, or the other camp that it specifically relates to the Edmonton Oilers this season is either you think the Edmonton Oilers are really close to winning the Stanley cup or you do not. And if you think the Edmonton Oilers are really close to winning the Stanley Cup, then you probably are disappointed today because you wanted Ken Holland to move heaven and earth to try to manipulate the salary cap and get other teams to take on salary and trade the first overall pick and, and, and you know, maybe trade Evan Bouchard or Philip Broberg and, and try to get these guys in because, it's damn it, it's time for the Oilers to go for it now because they got McDavid and Dreisaitl. Or you're in the other camp, and this is the camp I am when it comes to the team this season, where you say, okay, you know, they got a good team. They, 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 they have a good team. But they've shown their, uh, they don't do great against the Maple Leafs. They don't do great against the Canadians. And uh, that's just in a division where you're playing the same six teams over and over again. And, and, you know, we'll see how they do against Winnipeg, though they have done well against Winnipeg so far this year. And then if you get out of that division, maybe you got to play Vegas, maybe you got to play Colorado, maybe you got to play Tampa, maybe you got to play Boston, maybe you got to play Washington. Again, can you win two more rounds against teams like that? So if you're in that camp, you know, you're probably not willing to trade prospects and picks. So, th so those are the two camps and how they connect to each other. Now, I, I, I just want to put this out here, and it's, it's a bit of a homework assignment. And, uh, you know, I, maybe, maybe some of you haven't done homework in a long time. If you're a school-aged kid, I'm sorry to put more homework on your plate because you're probably busy enough. But I, I'm being serious here. I, I, I would actually appreciate if maybe a few of you did this. You don't have to do it immediately. Maybe by six o'clock tomorrow, that's your deadline. You can e you'll email this one to me inside sports at 630ched.com. Because you know, I, I, I get a lot of trade proposals from from listeners and from fans, and I know people care and I know they want the team to win. And and I do I do personally believe the Empton Oilers are a good team. I think their their record supports that. And they definitely have some real strengths on the team. But I think if you look at the way the season that has gone, I would argue that the Oilers, the success the Oilers have had this season is largely because, maybe almost exclusively because, of five players. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who are 1-2 in scoring in the NHL. Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse, who are two of the highest scoring defensemen in the NHL. And Mike Smith, who's having a pretty incredible season in net. And look, I like Nuge as a player. It's Nuge's birthday today, of course. Happy birthday, Nuge. 
Uh, I don't think Nuge is playing as well as he has in the past. I still think he's an important player. I like Josh Archibald as a player. I think Devin Shore has made some strides. I think Jujar Kerr is playing better than he did early in the season. But these are players who are fulfilling specific roles, and there are other players like them in the National Hockey League. So I would argue that really what the Oilers have accomplished this season is largely because of the strong play of five human beings, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, Barry, and Smith. So if you're in the camp where you say, well, the Oilers, like they, they got to trade, they, they got to trade this guy, they got to trade this guy. Here's your homework assignment. And I, I really hope at least, a, you know, a handful of you do this. If I got even three people who did this, I would be thrilled. And I, I would go over the results tomorrow. I want you to make a list of all the players in the org- in the Oilers organization that other teams would want on their roster, given that player's performance and his contract. And that includes players in the minors. So I guess by performance, we're counting AHL performance and uh, potential. And you can put McDavid and Drysaddle on this list or any of the, any of the stars. Uh, so I want you to list every Oiler that, given his performance and contract, other teams would want on their team. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think you're going to struggle to get to a dozen names. And then I want you to take that list, and I want you to make a second list with, the, with names that the Oilers would actually be willing to part with to try to get something back. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think if you have more than four names on that list, you are overvaluing some of the Oilers players. And again, I'm, there are players that are having good seasons. There are players that are contributing, but they are also players that are interchangeable with players on other rosters and wouldn't really be an upgrade to other teams. So I think that also makes it, a little harder to trade. So there's the list number one. Players on the Oilers, including the stars that other teams would want. And then list number two, players from that first list that the Oilers would actually part with in a trade. You can also get in touch with me by phoning 7804960063. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Here is what is going on in the National Hockey League. Montreal now up 3-2 on Toronto. That is late in the second period. Josh Anderson has just scored. It's his 15th of the season. Also late in the second, 2-2 Jets and Senators. It is the Blue Jackets leading Chicago 2-1 late in the second. No score. Red Wings and Hurricanes. That's about halfway through period number two. Oilers back at practice tomorrow. And they will play on Friday at Vancouver, 5.30 face-off show game at 7, right here on 6.30 Chet. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch by calling. I have a few text messages as well. Rocket, who often calls, but he's chosen to practice his typing skills tonight. He said, uh, personally, Reed, I like this, uh, or this pick, much like Kevin Bieksa said, is a great trade for Edmonton, bouncing left and right, adding depth and toughness. Penalty killing ability, puck mover, strong on the walls, over 700 games in the league. It'll lessen the load for Nurse. 
Russell is maybe where he should be now. I think he's a keeper for a couple of years, I believe. Can't sell out the future when you will have lots of cap space to play with very soon this summer. Another texture says, please put a name on your text if you can. Uh, this person says, the Raptors sold the farm to get Leonard. They won a championship. Was it worth it? Do you think they will win another championship in the next 10 years? No way. Edmonton should have sold next year along with a good draft and then go all in. Norman Akambai says, as much as I would love, love to see the Oilers make a splash today, it's just not possible. Next summer and trade deadline day, I expect big things. Cap space is the key. That way, Ken can go and get the pieces needed to make a legit run. Just my two cents from Norm in a combine. Vic says the Oilers are not just one player away from winning a cup. They need three, maybe four teams to comp- uh, four players to compete, I should say. Armswar says the Oilers have a sub-500 win percentage against the playoff position teams in the North. That's why they shouldn't go all in. A few texts there to 780-496-0063. Swap says, how can you group people who want to improve the team into sell the farm options? Look at the returns. We didn't have to sell the farm, and you're always close to a cup when you have the two guys we do. That is from Swap. Uh, I did that for the purpose of uh, making an understandable argument. <laughs> Maybe that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Again, but but swap. What, like, what are you What are you trading? Just tell Just tell me what you're trading. Kulikov is a free agent this summer for the person asking. Oh, people have done my lists. Interesting. All right, so we had a caller uh, named Mark call in on on Friday, and he's texted in. And uh, now, Mark, I, I had Hart Levine on the Faceoff show on Saturday, and I asked him what I thought you were asking. Mark called in and said the Leafs made this great trade for Riley Nash because uh, they they put him on LTIR, and then they can activate him in the playoffs when you don't have to adhere to the salary cap, which is true, Mark. I never, I never argued that. What I thought you were saying, Mark, was that the Oilers should acquire an injured player, put him on long-term injured reserve, and then get cap relief to acquire a healthy player who makes about the same as that injured player, which, which you cannot do. And I got Hart Levine to explain that Saturday night. If it was that easy to do, I, I think other teams would be doing that. No, the reason why it doesn't work that way is, yes, they when you get an injured player, you get the ability to exceed the cap by his cap hit, but you've also added his cap hit to your team's total cap for the year. So Toronto, like we talked about, yes, they now can go over the cap by $2.75 million more because they have him, but their total cap hit is now up $2.75 million more because he's on, on, on their team. One of the misconceptions, I think, about long-term injured reserve is the cap hit of the player doesn't go away. That cap hit counts against the team. It's just that you're allowed to exceed the cap, um, exceed the $81.5 million cap by it. So, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way because, like I said, you're, you're adding, yes, you're adding the ability to, to go over the cap by the 
as an injured player, but then you still have that new cap it added to your roster. So the only thing um, that, it, like, the, again, the main benefit that Toronto got, and it's something the Oilers could certainly do, is because he's injured through the regular season, it, it doesn't hurt their cap situation. It really has no net impact on their cap situation. So the Oilers could have certainly done that. They could have added Riley Nash, and as long as he didn't play until the playoffs, it, it wouldn't have impacted their cap situation on a net basis at all. All right, so yeah, you could add an injured player and put him on LTIR, but you, he's out until the playoffs. But you can't, when you're already at the cap like the Oilers are, you can't add an injured player, put him on LTIR, and then get that much money to spend on somebody else, which is what I thought Mark was suggesting on Friday. Maybe he wasn't judging by what he just texted me. Maybe he forgot. Maybe I forgot. But anyway, that, that should straighten that out. Well, I'm going to read KJAM's text because uh, KJAM's a faithful caller and listener. KJAM, I hope you're doing well. So he did, uh, he did the list I asked for. So I said, list one, all the players, everybody within the Oilers organization that other teams might want. So given their contract and given their performance, he said McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Yamamoto, Pugliarvi, Archibald, Nurse, Bear, Barry, Larson, Bouchard, Smith, Broberg, and Holiday, Holloway. Now, see, I wouldn't put Mike Smith on that list because he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, and then I said for list two, take the names off that list and tell me which players the Oilers would actually consider trading. And KJM said the Oilers don't move any of them while they're in a playoff spot or because of the cost certainty slash contract that they have if they're smart. Maybe Larson if they can upgrade adding a pick or a prospect. So there you go, KJM. Even though we could quibble about some of the players, that's that's the point I was making, that it's it's a lot harder to make trades than you might think because the Oilers don't have a ton of players that other teams are saying, I really want that guy. And again, there are several players that are having good seasons. I mean, you know, Jujar Kara's come around, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're a good team, you already have a Jujar Kara. If you're, if you're a good team, you already have a Caleb Jones or two within the organization. Uh, Al says, Reed, I have faith in Ken Holland. He built the dynasty in Detroit. I'm willing to wait for him to build the Oilers. It doesn't happen overnight. James writes in. He says, I've been watching the Oilers since 1983. I know the team better than the GM, and the current GM is the best they've had since Glenn Sather. The Oilers' gaps are very apparent. I like the move on defense. I'm absolutely shocked at Nurse's play offensively this year, defensively at times. He is still a liability. Taylor Hall on the second line would have put this team over the top. Big mistake. So James uh, both generally likes the work of Ken Holland, but thinks he made a mistake by not trading for Taylor Hall. Scott in Sherwood Park. Beautiful community, Scott. If you see Jack Michaels, say hi. He says, the Oilers have some superstars, but are far from being a strong team that will go deep into the playoffs. Holland needs to fix some bad contracts and build a good team around McDavid and Dreisaitl. This offseason will make a big splash at free agency and improve the team. The Oilers will be hard-pressed to escape out of the North during the first two rounds. This may be Toronto's year. Well, Toronto was the favorite to win the North on the week, or going into the weekend. And they're even more of a favorite after today. The, the, I mean, the, the Leafs got Jordy Ben, okay. I mean, the Canadians, uh, I, I like the stall trade from a couple of weeks ago. They got Gustafson today to help on the back end. 
but yeah, the, the, the Leafs are a darn good team and they should win the North division. They should win the North division. Uh, absolutely. They're even more of a favorite than they were going into the weekend. I, I, one thing I always find interesting, it's, I, I don't know if I, it's, uh, I, I just want to say, like, if you're, if you're writing into me, I, I, I trust you that you're giving your opinion. Like, I, I got another gentleman here named Louis, says that he's watched the Oilers since 1982. But I want to say, like, if you just started watching the Oilers two years ago, your opinion is just as valid. You're still allowed to have, you know, if there's not like an age cutoff for knowing more about the team. Uh, but Louis says he's been watching the Oilers since 1982. Listen, Ken Holland is still handcuffed from years past. Adding one or two pieces for depth is a good move. People say another D-man is useless for us, but really what we added is a guy that can slot in and play minutes that will help the rest of the current D-squad. He's got experience and he's big. It really costs the Oilers nothing. I think this confirms that a Nuge deal must be close. Uh, did Larson play with the new guy? Well, no, he didn't because the new guy, Kulikov, was only in the, with the Devils for a year. Uh, and then uh, Louis says summer will be interesting. So uh, let's, uh, uh, Angie, let's get to that clip now. Ken Holland on Ken Holland, hopefully having some more flexibility this summer. You're going to feel one way about your team. If you lose in the first round, you're going to feel another way about your team. If you win the Stanley cup, we've played at a high level. It's going to get more difficult. You know, when you go into a, been fortunate to have been involved in lots of playoff runs. You know, we made the playoffs 25 straight years in Detroit. So I've watched lots of hockey, lots of disappointments. Um, you know, there were some years that we were able to be the last team standing. And, and that's, that's part of the, you know, big part of the evaluation process in making decisions as you head into the offseason. So there's lots of players on our team who are unrestricted free agents. So I've got the flexibility. Obviously, I can either re-sign them or... If we make a decision to go in another direction, um, we've got we've got some salary cap money. So I, I believe that we're in a good situation in terms of having flexibility. Now I want to watch. Uh, now I want to watch our team here down the down the stretch. And uh, and you know again, you know, we've got a nice cushion between us and and, and fifth. But you never. I, I like I like you know I like when you know that it's clinched. You know so lots of things can happen. So uh, hopefully we keep playing the way we're playing, play our way in. And then, and then obviously we're going to have a really difficult first round opponent. And every time you're able to win a playoff series, the next opponent's more difficult than the, 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 the opponent the, the, that you played the previous round as you go from 16 to eight to four to two to the last team standing. So I got to watch our team and um, we have flexibility and then make evaluations when the season's over. All right, and I want to talk more about the potential this summer uh, when we get back. Rob wrote in, I may, I may have made a mistake here, he says, Ben went to the Jets read. Yes, Jordy Ben uh, went to the Jets. If I said otherwise, it was just my mouth going faster than my brain. Gustafson went to the Canadians. And Scott from Sherwood Park checking in again, he says, I run into Jack Michaels all the time. He's usually enjoying himself at Japanese Village with a free appetizer when the Oilers score five or more in a game. Scott, love the reference, buddy. Thanks for checking in tonight. Twenty-eight years of age today, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Will he be back as an Oiler next year? Free agency looming for him. 
going to be a tough summer for free agents. I don't know if anybody's going to really cash in given what is going on. Carter says this. I wonder how many people uh, feel the same way you feel, Carter. Is that a song? I feel the same way you feel, Carter. If not, we should write it. If Matthews wins the cup before McDavid, now I like I picture somebody at a piano. Anyway, uh, Carter says if Matthews wins the cup before McDavid, it's going to hurt big time. He says, Reed, the team is good, but not strong enough to go all the way. Next year, the Oilers will be a legit contender. I trust the process. Allen. Well, I think Allen might be being a bit of a troll. Well, maybe not. He says, looks like the Oilers won the Taylor Hall trade. Larson, steady, reliable, and tough. Not many opposing players mess with him. The price point is good. Taylor on his fifth team, and he won't last long in Boston. That is from Allen. Well, Taylor Hall is is hoping that he does last long in Boston. Here's what he said earlier. Yeah, no, I'd I'd love to I'd love to be a Bruin for a few years. Um, it's obviously been a it's been a bad year for me personally, and um, I, I need to. I need to play well. I need to. Um, I need to contribute, and and most of all, I want to be a part of a team that wins games. And um, I really believe that we can do that here. Yeah, it's hard to believe that a former number one pick has played for that many teams before his thirtieth birthday. Uh, you know, I, I, I look. He he won an MVP after the Oilers traded him for the Devils. He's now on his fourth team in the last two seasons. Remember, he started the 19-20 season with the Devils, went to Arizona, signed with Buffalo, and now he goes to Boston. So I'm sure he's put that out there saying, like, I, I want to stop moving around. And Boston's been a good franchise, so a decent place for him to land. He also commented on what happened with the Sabres this year. I, I can't really give you that answer right now because it was it was such a whirlwind of a year that um, – you know, that just, it, it went pretty, pretty badly, obviously. Um, you know, we started off our first 10 games, we were about 500 and then we, um, we had a, the COVID outbreak and we just, we couldn't get our footing after that. And, and for myself, obviously it wasn't the season that I would have liked to have not even close. So, um, these last few days was, uh, you know, I, you, you do some soul searching and you do some, some uh, you, you look back on on what you could do better and and look forward to the future and, and obviously I'm so happy and excited to be a part of the Bruins and um, I can't wait to to play and I can't wait to to be a part of a group like that. All right, so there's a little bit from Taylor Hall, now a Boston Bruin, and Curtis Lazar, the former Oil King, also involved in that deal. So he, look, here here's what I think. And, and I appreciate everybody that texted in tonight. We got some different opinions. I, 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 for me, I would have been reluctant if if the Oilers traded a lot of picks and prospects to really, uh, you know, get rentals this year or do something crazy in trying to acquire players. And again, even if Holland would have got creative with with the cap, it still would have been hard to fit a lot of people under the cap. But anyway, we uh, we can debate that. Um, of course, you can send me your ideas, your what-ifs. I'm, I'm happy to hear those. But I really think this summer is crucial. Now, Taylor Hall says he wants to stay with Boston. We'll see what happens. And then I, I, I can't remember. If, I think I said this to Rob on Saturday, and I was messaging with somebody on the weekend about Taylor Hall. And I, I really felt and still feel this, the story with Taylor Hall and the Oilers 
is not what didn't happen today or could have happened today. I think the story is what could happen in the summer. Maybe he doesn't go back to Boston. Maybe he doesn't score in Boston. I, I mean, he wasn't scoring with Buffalo. I know he had this ungodly low shooting percentage that was very unusual, but the pucks weren't going in for whatever reason. So could the Oilers get Taylor Hall on the same concept of a deal on which they got Tyson Berry? You know, one year, $4 million, four and a half. Like, you know, the show me deal, the player's going to bet on himself. And we know big money probably isn't going to be out there for free agents because of the flat cap and the pandemic and everything. So to me, that's the story with Taylor Hall. It wasn't about him becoming an oiler today because, as you know, I never believed that there was a chance he was going to become an oiler today. And I know little things popped up, and even Doug McLean said something about on on this show last week, but I, I never really believed it. And we, you know, we had a lot of people on saying, what's a likely destination for Hall? And Boston was already in the final three, and that's what happened. So I, I still kind of wonder why some people were still clinging to Taylor Hall becoming... Uh, well, I, I get it. I mean, it's not always rational when you like sports. I'm like that sometimes too. But to me, the story is Taylor Hall is an unrestricted free agent this summer. The Oilers might have some cash available. They need a player like him who can score and get points and play on one of the top two lines. That is the angle for me that is way more interesting as opposed to trying to shoehorn him onto the roster now with his salary and possibly trade draft picks or prospects. Can you get him in the summer and can you get him on a value deal? Dan and Devin, it says unreal that we are talking about what we can do in the summer. Holland sat on his hands during a McDavid and Leon prime year. When both guys leave at the end of their contracts, people better not wonder why completely inexcusable. That is from Dan and Devin. Well, we'll see, Dan. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. If you're convinced that these guys are going to leave already, I mean, people always said Taylor Hall was going to leave, and when he did, it was because he was traded. It wasn't because he wanted to go. And I'm going to tell you something else. These guys are going to be in their prime for quite a while. Wes says, Reed, I'm sick of hearing Taylor Hall's name. He's gone. Good riddance. We don't need him here. He's overrated and nerve-wracking. Wow, West does not like Taylor Hall. Dan doesn't like Ken Holland. West doesn't like Taylor Hall. That's okay. 780-496-0063. Nice golf course, uh, Devin, Dan. Maybe we, maybe we could play sometime. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.